Trigger warning. Due to his constrained English vocabulary, Martin often leans on crude language and swearing to make his point. I blame it on his northern heritage and lack of creativity. Matt is also a bit rough. You are here by caution. And as always, all right, we're ready for another episode of the Friday Physio Confession podcast. Now, for the first time ever, with a guest that came highly recommended. A guest that I, or Matt, didn't know about beforehand. But as you may remember, we had got Alistair Beverly on an episode, the learning disability physio himself. And he said, get this person on the pod. This is the best person you can talk to and guide. Now, I don't trust Alistair anymore, but here we are. So let us introduce Gemma Oliver. Hi, and thank you for coming, Gem. Hello, hi. Yeah. You're very welcome. Yeah. I'm, I've I mean, Alistair, Alistair's recommended me for a podcast where you talk about how you fuck up. So I think that's, uh, I think I need to have a word with him as well. But uh, yeah. <laughs> Everyone I mean, I'm has a... the first person that he sprung that sprung to mind. So, well, very happy. He did him. say he did say. Well, Jem almost swears <laughs> like you. So I was yeah, like, "Fuck almost. yeah, bring her on." Yeah, so that's good. No, Alistair, he recommended you and said, "Talk to Jem. She's a brilliant <laughs> person." I'll and, take uh, you. Yeah, big man. But there's one thing, Gemma, that I wanted to talk to you about is that after speaking with Alistair, I searched you up and found you on Twitter and uh, give you a follow, uh, <laughs> but uh, no follow back. Oh, no follow. Yeah. I don't think, uh, yeah, I've got no defense there, have I? Other than I am having a bit, I've had a bit of an off the Twitter grid um, time, which we could talk about because there is a reason I've stopped looking at Twitter for a bit. So, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, but yes, I obviously it's the first thing I'm going to do when I get off here. Yeah, and then unfollow uh, Alistair, of course. Unfollow Alistair and, and follow, follow me. Yeah, perfect. Posted. Good plan. Good plan. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but tell us about yourself then, Jim. So I am a uh, physiotherapist. Um, I've been qualified. Gosh, I think it's 16 years this year. I feel old now, but not. I know people have been qualified a lot longer than that, but I think when you start to get into the teens of, you know, your age and you stop feeling like a newbie, yeah. um, it starts to feel a bit old, but um, in a good way. You know, I now feel good uh, where I am uh, in my career, but I've done a lot of stuff, um, which is a good thing. I've travelled yeah. quite a lot. I've worked with lots of different sports teams um, at international and local, sort of national level and club level. Uh, lots nice. of sports and I've worked in film and TV I've always worked in private practice there or thereabouts um, and I've now just set up my own clinic back in the village where I live uh, very deliberately to have a bit more of a quieter life shall we say because uh, right. I've had a very full and very fun career but it's been exhausting at times so yeah, that's uh, a heck of a ride I guess 
it's nice to 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 make a conscious decision to to sort of chill out a bit now as well, which happened coincidentally pre-COVID. Uh, I think that was just coincidence more than anything. But yeah, so that's that's me. But I've done I've been around. I've seen lots of different types of physio. I've worked in lots of different scenarios. I've been under lots of different types of pressure. I've got a lot wrong. I've got some things right. Um, and yeah. I've met a lot of people uh, like the lovely Alistair and yourself, obviously. So, yeah, uh, of course. And I've got some yeah. friends now, you know, that I made years and years and years ago and that are either mentors or very close colleagues now because, you know, I think some, especially from a sporting point of view, and you make connections like that and you work hard in those environments, you don't lose those connections. So, uh, yeah. yeah, I've got a lot to... Uh, a lot to uh, be thankful for, I think. Yeah, that's a that's a hell of a resume for sixteen years only. That's a... yeah. So I worked in elite sport for nine years, so that was the bulk of my career, really. So in the midst of uh, private practice, so I started my life in um, British bobsleigh. I did a bobsleigh season. I then yeah. worked GB Women's Volleyball. Did the pre-London camp with them. Um, I worked for Wales Women's Hockey for a very long time um and lots of different freelance bits of sport and then the bulk of my career has been in athletics so england and british athletics mainly england uh i went to two commonwealth games with england athletics all fantastic you know stuff but hard work (laughs) not the glamour you see on the photos i've beautiful i have beautiful photos martin which are yeah i I feel totally inadequate now so (laughs) so i I rehab uh, uh, rehab the semi-famous guy once. That's that's the closest I'll get. <laughs> I've, that... I've been I've been very lucky in a way. I've worked hard, but I have been very lucky in, in some of those scenarios. And uh, as I said, it was it was great, but it came at a cost for me. Uh, health. Um, I had I had a bit of a mini breakdown and a burnout in sort of 2018. Mm. You mentioned my blog that I started in 2018 that you found uh, called The Anxious Physio. And it kind of went from there. And I, I'm not afraid to tell anyone, really, I wasn't in a very good place. And it came out purely about overworking and, you know, because yeah. I love my job and just pushing myself so much you know, and, and the, the the main thing that sort of helped me is that the counsellor one day made me write down everything I'd done since I was 25 on a whiteboard. And it was ridiculous, you know, and it was great. But at the same time, she just sort of said, this is why you're tired and this yeah. is why your brain hurts. And that was it. And it was like a light bulb moment, you know, and obviously, you know, it took a bit of time to come round to it. And I've had different levels of counselling ever since. But, I, you know, we need to talk about it. You know, your podcast mm. talks about us as a profession and what we get wrong. And actually, we don't look after ourselves enough. And I think yeah. I'm not alone in that. And, and since I started the blog and started talking about it more, um, a lot of people are the same. Um, and yeah. don't get me wrong, I love my career, but... It, 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 there's a reason now why I choose to work on my own and I choose what I do and I work yeah. a lot less now. So, and I think that's something that is not really discussed, is it? You're supposed to go out there and go get it and be big and work and, and never fail and never do anything wrong and just yeah. career, career, career-wise. And and we get burned out bad songs. And uh, yeah. I think that's a real... Issue. There's, of course, there's uh, some podcast you, you master by Joe Turner, who's actually right now had a episode out of, with burnouts. 
I haven't yeah. listened to that one yet. Sorry, Joe. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's a it's a real issue, and that's also why we wanted to start this podcast because there's always there's always the highlight reels. That's what you see on social media. Yeah, and the stuff from from going out up on that mountain. Yeah, and, you know, taking the pictures and everything. And I want I want to talk about the the journey. You know, the middle of the mountain where you just fuck it. I want to go home. I'm and tired. And the yeah, yeah, and it's hard work. Yeah, exactly. And I think we 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 don't always share that bit. I think some of us. I include myself because I have shared a lot of my story are getting better at being more honest now. And I think the past few years, especially with the explosion of people being more aware and more comfortable talking about mental health, but people still, like you said before, you know, feel that we almost, we must strive, we must do this. Well, actually it's okay to not want to do that, you know, and I have come full circle. You know, I was that one who did everything, volunteered for everything, did things for nothing. I earned my stripes, you know, as a younger physio um and I deserved where I got to but at the same time it came at a cost and because I was always pushing I almost forgot how to not strive for that and I've learned how to just even now you know stop saying yes to patients when they're in pain when it's my day off and I want to shoehorn them in you know there'll be an element of my personality that's always like that but I'm so much better now and so much better off for it but as a caring profession we don't have the capacity sometimes to say no and to prioritize ourselves until it's too late. And I think mm. because it's all looking very fun, don't get me, you know, the Gold Coast, I went to Commonwealth Games in the Gold Coast. It was fantastic. I was in Australia, for God's sake. That was a hard <laughs> yeah. trip. You know, that yeah. was a tough trip. There is things I cannot even talk about on that trip. That's how difficult it was. Um, yeah. And But I was in Australia. You know, so on the outside, all my lovely pictures in the Gold Coast were fantastic. Exactly, highlight reels. In the inside, it was tough. Now, I quite cleverly booked myself a six-week holiday after that and stayed out there, which was the best decision I ever made. So it all righted itself. But, gosh, you know, hard, hard work. And that's 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 the thing, because we get fought and, and, you know, pushed against that. Uh, Feel empathy and involve yourself, but in the patient and everything and, and give yourself in. But at the same time, we're not doing it with ourselves at all. Well, no. some of us, I, I'm, I'm quite, I'm beginning to get to that point that where you are, you are, you're, yeah. yeah. Sorry, my English is a bit off, but, uh, and why do you think that is? What, why have we always giving ourselves this, this unfavor that is being, dishonest about what this profession entails that's a hard question sorry jim but yeah no and we did we spoke briefly and 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 you know i did alistair told me a bit about the podcast and, and i did want to come on because physio isn't perfect and uh, and i'm and i'm gonna generalize here and i don't mean everybody but there has been times in my career where i've met a lot of people where they think they are at a higher status than other people and i don't understand why now i'm not just talking mm physio this happens in every walk of life but obviously as I'm a physiotherapist I've been in that profession the most and I don't get it you know I don't understand as a medical professional how you could diss one thing and have an acutely high opinion of one thing and actually be disrespectful to other people in the process just 
because you think that that's the right thing to do or you're trying to get more followers or, or I, I don't know. I, I don't understand. And I've never understood it as somebody that comes from it as, as, as a profession that comes for caring for others, why we feel the need to either sometimes push each other out. I think, and I suspect sometimes it's because we don't want to fail. I think the fear of failure is massive. I think we feel like we constantly need to um, review ourselves and judge ourselves and push ourselves. And whereas on the one hand, that's good to always kind of review yourself and, and think about where you are and what you're worth and, and reevaluate and look at yourself clinically, sometimes it goes too far. And I think sometimes we, we as a profession, lose sight of what's actually the priority the person, the patient, the athlete. And I've had lots of conversations in the past couple of years, especially through the Facebook group and other sort of podcasts I've done about, you know, prioritizing the patient, you know, and I think on paper, it looks like we do that. But I think sometimes we get so ahead of ourselves in trying to better or do this or research this or make sure we're doing this. that Actually, we forget that the patient is the priority. Um, my concept as a physio is, incredibly simple I do very simple techniques I do a lot of manual therapy I'm a massive believer in touch hands-on I do lots of rehab as well I work with dancers I work with athletes I work with runners but the basics are always what I come back to in terms of telling the patient helping to understand what's wrong with them you know not getting carried away in in what you think they should be doing and, and homing in on what they want to do you know, and I think sometimes as a profession, we lose that and we lose sight of that because we're constantly trying to push and push and push. Um, yeah. But there's, it's funny, isn't it? Because we're always looking for that change and that, that movement forward. But at the same time, we're still doing to each other what we've always been doing, you know, pushing yeah. ourselves against each other and, uh, and in a way. But, that reminds me, you mentioned a Facebook group, right? We want to shine a little light on that because as I read on your blog, it's got two and a half thousand people in it. Well, five, five foot one now. Motherfucker. <laughs> five point one. I'm, in, I'm incredibly proud of that Facebook group. And, yeah. I, and, I think, and I think that's okay to say there's not just me that runs it. And what started out with a little group to help a few friends through COVID just grew. And what I love the most, Martin, about it is that it's developed itself. I haven't done very much. I did a lot at the start and a few of us yeah. moderated it still. And it was quite heavy when no one knew what the fuck was going on with COVID, <laughs> <laughs> basically. Yeah. And I think just the sharing of it. But the thing I like is that it's a no judgment. And people, the feedback we get is that it isn't like some of the groups where actually you get hit down for having an opinion or you get hit down about saying you're what you think it's a cheesy safe space if that's what you would call it and in yeah. COVID, we needed that you know it was very very okay to say and we did unfortunately we kicked a few people out early doors because they were just being too bullshit or they were being offensive or they were telling people what to do and that wasn't what it was about no so i am proud of it because it's now involved into this collaborative space where anybody to do with any therapy can come in and talk about whatever they want yeah and it's that, so weird. that sounds like the more successful group than i i create a group on facebook called the society of average physios and failures <laughs> <laughs> so and yeah. that's exactly the point was exactly that no 
discuss mm-hmm. on and around and uh and it did i mean listen it happened by accident i would love to say that i had a grand plan to uh develop this massive huge membership group but i really didn't it was born and i think nicely out of shit well what is going on i've got an yeah. idea everyone else has got an idea and then everyone just came in with the stuff and it was lovely through covid to have that and i think yeah. a lot of people that were lone working were happy to have that yeah. but at the same town now it's evolved into a, a collaborative space my yeah. other big passion where alistair and i you know agree is that the collaboration between therapies needs to be better you know, oh yeah yeah too long just was sort of out yeah. on its own or um Cairo's were out on their own or osteos were out on their own or massage therapists were out on their own and we have to we have to be better together because all yeah. of this you know we have a shared feeling for the same thing and so yeah. and for whatever reason certain professions tend to think that they need to stick together and I just it's yeah. just not what I think needs to happen no no preaching to choir here um I'm a big fan of creating one musculoskeletal therapist group there is just let's get gather it all up Osteos, napropats, that's something in Scandinavia. I don't know if you've heard okay, about that. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. And physios and, and even chiros, even, you know, that's uh, probably just Satan whispering in my ear, bringing chiros <laughs> into a group. But back to what you said of, of, of you know, not that, not that it was a grand master plan, but you're proud of it. I am and, proud of it, yeah. Yeah, and you, sh- and you should be. And that, uh, yeah. th- the thing I find most annoying, really, is that it's you, you, you should be proud and preach it, or you shouldn't be proud in all, at all. And and but what can't we be proud of of achievements, and yeah. at the same time be honest about our failures? Yeah. And 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 be like, why do I have to show either or? Yeah. Why do I have to be this and not that? Yeah. Why can't it all merge together? Like this is, this is something I did. I'm proud of. This is something I did that not so proud of. And this is all a big picture of me. It reminds me of that. Have you seen that YouTube video of lady explaining pain as a whole concept with that clay ball? Mm, maybe. Yeah. So there's a of ex- explain. It's a part of the explaining pain stuff. But she has a clay ball and she adds a bit of pain into it. And mushes it all together, and it's more layers and more layers and more layers, and it and and it's go that it changes colors, and you can't pick stuff yeah, out see. of it. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it's a new ball, it's a new me type of thing. I see. But, yeah, yeah. I think, um, like, I think we people don't want to admit failure, do they? We all fail. People don't want to admit it. I am the opposite. I'm quite happy, you know, in an interview, whatever interview you go into any job or profession, they ask you about situations that are hard and where you failed and what you've learned from it and all those cliches. So we all do it and we all do learn from it. But why we find it so incredibly hard to talk about, I've got no idea. Now, as a Brit, as somebody from Britain and English, especially, (laughs) I mean, that's just not what we do, is it, Martin? You know, we, you know, it's, it's, it's ingrained in us, I think, from, I don't know, some higher being that you would never admit your failure. You would never, you know. No, I think that's that's quite. We seem to be, you know, it's a bloody British empire thing, isn't it? If we get down to the grits of it, but 
and I, you know, I love being from where I'm from, but there's that side of being English specifically that you just say, God, just chill out, you know, let's talk a bit more, let's do this, you know. And as I say, I am a very proud English person, but I sometimes think I was born in the wrong continent. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, but I think the, I think the issues might be same across different cultures. Of course, with uh, more emphasis on it uh, in in some than others. But I think that that the whole taking it back to our profession, the whole idea of of medicine and being it was always about finding what's wrong, what's right. And yeah. if you can't find that right, you're wrong. Yeah. And if you're wrong, then you're not good enough. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe that's where we kind of lost our trail about not and being able to come yeah. I don't know about other countries, but in this country it's taught, you know, you're not taught about that stuff. You're taught about what to do. Don't get me started on the content of what things <laughs> taught at university. <laughs> you know, I had the pleasure and 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 it was fun actually of being an associate lecturer at MMU last year and and it was oh. good. But I taught on the master's course you know and, and these <laughs> these adults because it was a master's they were all undergraduates from various different lots of sports therapists lots of you know some psychologists some of any sort of science you know and I was teaching them you know mulligan techniques that I don't use for yeah. obvious reasons <laughs> And they are saying, why, you know, do you use this in practice? No. Well, why do I need to learn it? I have nothing. You know, I have no answer <laughs> that. You know, I don't know. The as, a freelance, as a freelance associate, I was professionally honest in that situation. And basically, after trying to come up with various answers, turned around and said, if I had to learn this shit, then so do you. It's basically my answer to that. Um, yeah. And, you know, the upshot is that's the course. That's how it is. This is what you need to do. This is the grounding as such. This is what you need to do to pass. But why does the education have to be like that? Why does it yeah. have to be you have to learn this, 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 and this technique, and then you pass? When actually in the real world, it's not like that at all. No. Um, no. And I, I, you know, I went, I'm, like I say, 16 years, 15 years qualified. I would say I've only been very confident in my own physio skin in the last six years, I would say, it's you know, okay. so for a good nine years, I knew I was good at what I did, but I was constantly going, oh, well, that person does my nips or, or maybe I need to train in that or that person uses the blade thing or that person or maybe or more, maybe I'm not as good as that person because, you know, they're doing they can they can talk about all of these different things that I can, you know, and I and, and honestly, only in the last, I would say, six years or five years or so have I gone, I don't care that I don't do that. I know what yeah. I'm good at. I know what I can do. I know what I'm not good at. So I won't do it. You know, and, yeah. and I think, um, why? Why did it take that? Why did it take that long? Because I constantly compared myself to other people all the yeah. time. And what we compare ourselves against is not it's not the average day. We're comp comparing ourselves against, you know, the highlights. This yeah. is the show. This is the movie. It's yeah. not... It's not the extended version or the yeah. bloopers, you know. And yeah. so that's a, 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 that's one of the things I always say uh, or, or try to, to to pass on when I'm I'm dealing with patients with long-standing pain. And it's like, uh, why can't I do this? Why can't I do that? I want to do this. And, and I want to be like that again. And I'm saying we can't constantly compare ourselves where we are now to yeah. when what we were on our, you know, greatest 
Yeah. That would, but that's an ongoing battle, isn't it? Yeah. That's just, yeah. It's uh, it is it is ongoing, isn't it? And I think yeah. it's never going to go away. I think the more yeah. that we talk about it, the better, um, yeah. and expose ourselves. And I think post pandemic, as awful as the pandemic was, I think especially in the therapy profession and the medical profession, it has made people go, okay, what is the priority? What do we need to do? Let's reset. Let's focus. You know, from our yeah. group point of view, it's got five thousand people talking a lot more. You know, it's got people understanding that actually they can ask. A stupid question they can go actually what what is this you know and behold 20 other people think exactly the same thing you know and yeah. it's 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 really refreshing but it needs yeah. to happen more it needs um, to happen more it does need to happen more you know and we've got ongoing stuff with our own governing bodies and professions and i think some of the thing that frustrates me from a csp point of view is that they do a lot of work but they don't get it across very well <laughs> you know they always yeah communication yeah doing some really good stuff but it, they don't communicate it well no um, that's a, that's a and reason. i think that's across the board i think you know you'll find that across the therapy profession and across the board so yeah um, but you asked about failures should we talk about a couple yeah of yeah like you almost what i was sitting here feeling like fuck you're overqualified for this podcast and then no you know, no I've, yeah I've it's a good switch good here. switch Jim. yeah let's go yeah, to failures i've got some i've got some great one of them one of them is on the blog actually i think but uh yeah one of them so i started my career in hockey so when i was newly qualified um uh in sheffield i trained in sheffield um i <laughs> got a job in a local hockey club and i think it was seven pounds an hour on a Tuesday <laughs> for right, two hours yeah. in the evening for training. And I think, and to be fair, this was all right. I think I got 40 pounds for a match day, which was basically eight o'clock in the morning till six o'clock at night. But that was, I mean, that was good. You know, I was, I was yeah. there, I was getting, getting paid though, to be fair. So, which is good anyway. Um, and through that, I developed, you know, a very good relationship with that team and that squad. The coach of that team is I'm still very close to now. I did a reading at his wedding. I'm very close to his wife and his children. So, you know, it shows you the longevity of these relationships. But he took me on and he had this vision to turn basically an amateur club with men in who just played hockey and were good at it, but just hit around, run around, fell over, got up went to the pub, sat in, you know, and he wanted to turn this amateur club into a professional environment. And he succeeded over three, four, five years, I'll, I'll have to say, he did succeed. But at the start, as a newly qualified physio, with no mentor, I just, well, I was just like, shit, what am I doing? So there was times where, you know, and we're talking about Yorkshire, I don't know if you know the different cultures within the UK, but Yorkshire tends to be a bit tough. They tend to be a bit harder up there. Um, nothing you know not a lot of phases i love how do you say up there to oh. norwegian ah yes across and down there <laughs> <laughs> up from where i am now um and and it was hard you know it was tough and i and i you know i'd sort of say to these guys right we need to you know we need to do a warm down they'd be like no <laughs> and they just walk off so <laughs> i constantly i keep trying because i was keen and i'd do this and anyway eventually it started to sort of sink in um you know, concussion protocols were, you know, somebody getting their face smashed in and me saying, well, you really should go off and them just laughing in my face 
wiping the blood and then carrying on going you know that's that's the sort of situation that we're dealing with but I carried on and I persevered and I had we had an SNC coach we had a psychologist we had me and we had a head coach okay so unbeknown to me at the time that was the start of my sports career really to form these relationships with a multidisciplinary team and move forward okay so we fast forward two or three years and actually they're a lot better. So they're doing a warm up. We have a yoga routine at the start. They are listening to oh, me. Shit, yeah. The older gentlemen who aren't in favour have probably left by now, let's be honest. So actually we have a good setup now. It's very good. We have an S&C programme. We have warm up. We have cool down. Um, and I have a very good relationship with the captain who is continually injured. <laughs> so this guy is very, very good at hockey, but he's got, an awful back and an awful hamstrings. And basically for the five years I was there, he managed him through his career, basically. Now, this one particular morning, um, <laughs> match day, he's the captain. It's a, a must-win game, let's just put put it that way, for fighting for league positions. And the coach is all about communication. Don't care what happens. You have to communicate. Let's talk. Tell me about the players. To which, up until this morning, we had a very good deal on. So I would, the night before or in training, if anybody was injured, we'd sit down, we'd talk about it. We'd do a plan and blah, 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 blah. blah. But at the end of the day, he's a sports coach. This particular morning, um, he, I got a, I got a call from this player saying, oh, I don't feel very well. I've been up all night. I've been on the toilet. I was like, mm, okay. And for whatever reason that day, I was like, mm, okay, let's see how you get on. <laughs> okay. Shall we tell Gaz? Mm, let's see how you are in match. Now, this player didn't want me to say anything because he wanted to play, as they will always do. So I was yeah. like, mm, okay, okay. Um, and he'd been injured a lot. He'd just got back. He needed to be playing. Anyway, <laughs> we got to the ground pre-match routine, lots of physio, tape, warm-up, everything, big game, talk. And this guy's just getting greener and greener and greener. So I made the decision not to say anything and we'd manage it and we'd keep it a secret and it would be fine. It very much wasn't fine. <laughs> so we got about, we got about, I think, 20 minutes in and this guy just vomited on the pitch in the middle of everywhere, in the middle of everything. And to be, and the coach, at which point, just stared and looked at me and went, did you know about this? And I was like, and he just didn't <laughs> speak to me at all. Now, why I thought somebody that obviously had diarrhea and vomiting was going to be absolutely fine to play 90 minutes of hockey or six <laughs> minutes, I've got no idea. And the <laughs> coach was a best friend of mine at the time. I mean, the daggers... You know, and we ended up losing the game. We lost the captain. We lost the game. He didn't speak to me for about three days after that, you know. So oh. you know, it's just something that I'd learned over three years to manage and do really, really well. Why in that moment? I just, my emotions had got so carried away that I was like, no, you'll, you'll be absolutely fine. You know, you're, you haven't got diarrhea. You're not vomiting at all. And yeah, gosh, <laughs> imagine it. all the players slipping and sliding through oh, that you just you made you made a neurovirus or something oh, like that no, just go viral yeah yeah but what i'm hearing is is not is it's trying to to actually make a goal happen that person was trying to get the approval of someone else to go ahead with something he thought was yeah. he needed 
and you learn and, uh, from that like we do from everything that yeah. you know, I, I had a good big relationship with this player because we'd worked together a lot I wanted him to play and yeah. that completely overruled my basic clinical not even physio yeah. assessment normal human being assessment this guy was not very well you know and shouldn't have been anywhere near the pitch let alone you know playing so um, that's a that's a lesson in there because some sometimes our confidence and, and sometimes we, what I'm trying to get for is that sometimes you need to say no. Yeah, you need yeah. to just cut cut around corners. And you and, learn that I think, don't you? That's hard. I think by this point, I'm only about three years qualified, and I've done well in that scenario. But shit, God, I learned some. I learned no shit more. literally. I guess literally, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I've got another one with that team. Yeah. Shorter story where same same group of people, this guy never injured, really hard, tough lad, doesn't cry to anything, doesn't keeps himself to himself, absolutely fine. Again, similar time period, probably about three years qualified. He'd taken a hit, hard hockey ball hit to the knee in a game, went down, which is unusual for him, came off, assessed it. Oh, I think it's just a bit bruised, a bit swollen. It was a bit bruised. It wasn't too bad. It was swelling up a bit. So I strapped it up, obviously, lots of tape, yeah. um, and said, are you okay? And he said, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. You know, And he, he wouldn't have said if he wasn't fine, to be fair. So went on, scored two goals. We won the game, did really well. Yeah. I assessed it afterwards, and I said, oh, it's not too bad. I said, how does it feel? He said, oh, it's all right. And this guy was running, in my defence, running. Um, and he said, oh, it's not too bad. It's a bit sore, not too bad. I said, well, let's strap it up, um, and we'll – check it out on Tuesday's training. Let me know how it is tomorrow. Anyway, the following day, I get this guy, a picture of this guy in A&E. He's got a shattered patella in three feet. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, the coach really was quite happy with me at that point because I'd kept him on the pitch and he'd scored two goals. Yeah, of course. <laughs> oh, my life. He didn't care. The player wasn't bothered. I was mortified. You know how I could have missed, you know, a shattered a shattered patella um, in three pieces, I think it was. He went on to have surgery. Um, well, yeah, but, you know, oh, some pa- some patellas are, you know, come in pairs or... <laughs> He just, found, he, just found it, he just found it funny. So uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> so yeah. Shattered, shattered for tell. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a nice miss. But yeah, it's a good. I think that's my best one. I think that's yeah. I think that's my best one. And my only other story from hockey is that I used to give all the players um, a yearly uh, season pass out, physio pass out from training. So the players could have oh, one. Okay, this is good. This is good, Gemma. This is the goal. The players could have one um, physio injury. Oh, pass out yes. a season where I would tell the coach, oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, they've niggled this. Yeah, they'll be all right. It's just a bit niggly. They can't trade. Oh, yes. Yes, you did. One, oh. one. And I fessed up. I fessed up to the coach again, which I've. Friends with no, years, no, no, years, no. Years later, um, they loved it. Players loved it because actually, you know, in hindsight, it's normally because you know these are you know an amateur team. They're all working full time. They're not probably not having kids at that point in their mid twenties at that stage. Who, who I was with, but then that they were knackered, you know. And sometimes they just didn't want to train. And I think yeah. in a way. Um, obviously, you know it, it improved my rapport with them, but they they absolutely loved it. 
you know, and they only got one. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, you only got one. I did, I do something similar, actually. I do, uh, so, uh, one part of my gig is that I take a I take on, on, on teens, kids, and uh, there's, I live on an island on the coast of Norway, and uh, so you have to take a ferry or, or another speedboat in to go to school. And uh, I always give the people or the kids that follow up is that you get one physio pass because the 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 oh, I don't know the word they is when they're missing a class, right? Mm. They need to it needs to be signed and approved. Oh, like, I see. Yeah, it. you can you can only miss so and so much, but you get a little bit of extension with you know, oh, healthcare. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I always give them one. Well, you can have one. Yeah. One physio pass. So I do actually quite just the same as you. We just get one. And well, funnily enough, it's just one one kid that used it. Yeah. And, he, and it's just he, having that scope, yeah. isn't it? And that leeway and professional yeah. sport, you know, that was an amateur club, but professional sport is hard, you know, and I saw yeah. replications of that. And I, you know, I didn't, there's definitely times in my elite roles where I, didn't lie to coaches, but I definitely favoured the side of the athlete and gave them extra time. Yeah. I think, you know, whether that be mentally, physically or whatever, because I, I knew the person, I knew the athlete, you know, and I knew they needed time for whatever reason out of training or to just yeah. be away from the team or the coach or whatever, or vice versa. What I'm very, I'm a massive fan of is actually getting people involved. I very rarely ever tell people to stop training ever. Um, and sometimes to my detriment of actually getting people back too soon, but my, the benefit and psychologically from any level of getting anybody back is, is huge. Even just getting them involved in what they're doing, you know, in the club. Um, and I will always push people that's why when I read people's protocols and, and things, and I just sometimes think, you know, I don't know. Like you, you can see, you know, what I, I don't soapbox ACL protocols, you know, we have months and times. Yeah. How, how can you, how can you write down months and times? Okay. Medically, surgically in the first, I don't know, six weeks. Yes. Very important. You know, first 12 weeks, but where do these magic six, 12 week number come from, numbers come from, you know, and, and yeah. I, one of the proudest things again with the hockey club is I, I rehabbed a guy with a meniscal tear back into full training in three months. Okay. You, know, you shouldn't be able to do that, but I did. And I saw it and he was fine, you know, and you shouldn't be able to do that in on paper. Um, but you can, you know, and so I do follow guidelines and I do follow, you know, healing time zone, you know, and all the rest of it. But at the same time, if you know what you're doing in terms of what your patient and you apply those medical principles, I don't think we should ever be saying to somebody, you can't do this or you can't do that. I think you need to advise them and guide them on the safe things to do. Um, yeah. and then go from there. But so you're basically just a good person then. That's just that's, that's or or I make it up as I go along, Martin. <laughs> yeah, well that's what I do. 
<laughs> you know. And again, it's... it was only six years ago when I realized that making it up as you go along is is okay. You're all right. And there's yeah. other people in the world that do that as well. So why don't we know that? Because I remember back in you're talking about protocols and stuff like that. And remember back in, in, in uni, there was a lot of talk about following in protocols. You do this and you do that and this after so so many weeks, this after so so many weeks. And stuff like that, and and then that that individualization was never you know mentioned. Yeah. What, what's happening? What's what's yeah. what's the play in your in your case? What's the player feeling? What's the athlete feeling? Yeah. That you know that back and forth, mm. and 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 it takes it takes time to you know really acknowledge that we're just fucking around and yeah, making it up was... as we go and and how it feels. And that's medicine. You know, it's not, not medicine. It's trial and error. It's medicine, not trial and error. You try one thing, you try a drug, it doesn't work. You try a different one. Oh, that works. Brilliant. Is that yeah. not medicine? And that's why we'll come on to Twitter in a minute, because there is a reason I came off it. And I think it, it just people become disillusioned with a medical model and don't yeah. and forget the person in front of them. And it drives me insane. Yes, we need to be safe. Yes, we do need to follow a line of evidence-based practice. Of course we do. But sometimes it goes so far, you lose what you're actually doing. You know, mm. I I will talk, well, before Twitter, I, I did four months as an FCP. I lasted four months. That's probably the right way <laughs> to say that. So you're aware of these roles that we have. I don't know if you have them over there. Oh, no, no, no. I'm just nodding. I'm just nodding. So a, first contact, a first yeah. contact practitioner role is being rolled out across the UK to basically help ease the pressure from a GP workload from an MSK. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Now, on in theory, they are an excellent role. And I think some physios are fantastic at it. But I think what's happening is, and I, and I know this because I do some mentoring, is that people are trying to merge physio into that role and it's a completely different role you know yeah. first contact physio is a triage role you get 10 possibly 15 minutes 20 if you're lucky to triage these patients exactly as a gp would you know and yes we're there to ease the pressure from the gp to filter all the msk stuff into the practice but actually you could see anything you know, and again, yeah. some people are very good at it. And I think trust to trust is very different, um, as in the area that you live and who you work under in the NHS is very different. Unfortunately, I wasn't in a very good practice uh, or place. I work, I can't even go into it all now because it's just too horrendous. But I was just left, you know, as, as a good a qualified physio in this role. Now, the other side of this story is it just wasn't for me. You know, I'm not the sort of physio that I found out can work in primary care. You know, I yeah. I want to spend too much time with the patient. I want to mm. do more. I've got too much empathy. Now, I'm not saying that people that work in primary care don't have empathy, but it's a triage role. You're a primary yeah. first contact port. You check the sinister stuff. You do what you can. You assist them. And then you move on to the next one. And so the volume is really high, and that's why some people are amazing at it. I definitely wasn't, you know, and yeah. I started to, you know, miss notes and things like to flag. And despite me sort of waving my hand probably four or five times and saying, I'm struggling, I need some help. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carry on. I'm struggling. Can I have some help? Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't happen, you know, no. and, 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 and 
it wasn't for me. So that was a massive, <laughs> at the time, I think failure, but now, you know, not the right job for me, you know, and I think things happen for a reason and it made me realise that actually I've been putting off setting up my own clinic for long enough and actually why was I putting it off? Not sure. Let's, let's do it. So. Yeah. Now you've done it. Done it. Yes. It's going very well. Six months in very well. Oh yeah. Yep. I'm running my own clinic, but it's a different system here in Norway. So um, I'm quite lucky in that way, but how, how you found that as a change in tempo or. Yeah, very deliberate change in tempo from my point of view. So I um, struggle with some um, fatigue-related things which are being investigated. So um, I've had some fatigue issues for many years, always put it down to my anxiety and depression things. Um, but as that got better, and it is a lot better, I was still having the fatigue. <laughs> so I yeah. sort of thought, oh, you know, and and do uh, they've just found out I've got an underactive thyroid. I've got something called Hashimoto's, uh, which I'd never heard of. That sounds is, cool, though. It does sound cool, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, it's a uh, basically autoimmune problem that causes hypothyroidism, basically. So okay, not serious, yeah. but um, I just need yearly blood tests, that sort of thing. Um, but, you know, you hear patients saying all the time, don't you, that they don't want to be ill, but when someone tells you something's going on, they're almost relieved. Yeah. Well, I get it. I now get it because I thought I was going mad. I thought I was going mad, you know, so and just being tired. So I very, very specifically only work a certain number of hours and it works perfectly. And it's actually yeah. going really well. It's going really well, actually. So. Finding that balance is what it's all about. I say like three patients a day and then go home and have a beer. So that's what that's oh, all I like. Yes. <laughs> Oh, that's perfect. What? If I don't want to work the next three days, I just block my diary out and work. <laughs> I mean, that's basically my life right now, you know. And my family joke saying, oh, you." I said to my dad the other day, I almost did a full, I almost worked every day last week, Martin. Now, you know, steady. Yeah. <laughs> steady. <laughs> almost like I had a full-time job. <laughs> yeah. But it's good finding that, uh, finding your own limits and, 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 you know. And this brings us, really quite nice back to what we talked about in the beginning finding your own limits and and being able to take care of yourself in a position and in a job let, let's face it where you it's it's about taking care of others and we leave ourselves behind in that process or many of us do and we we struggle and we find hit that wall at some point well some never do or they're lying about yeah. not hitting it yeah and I think they, well, some don't recognize it. I don't think some people yeah. stand or recognize. I think that recognition is getting more. And sometimes, it, it, you know, you talk about mental health, people won't label it as that, but actually it is, you know, burnout and getting tired and fatigued is. And they may not feel like it, but actually symptomatically, they're tired a lot. They're a little bit grumpy, you know, they're not loving life very much. They're not as chilled as, you know, and, and it takes, some sort, unfortunately, sometimes something to happen to go, shit no actually that was really crap you know i've been feeling like this for a while and some people don't you know some people have a really good balance and some people are very good at it a lot of us aren't and like you said you know we care i think one of my first blogs that i wrote was how can we why do we care about other patients more than we care about ourselves you know we come mm. from that line of professionals who care so much more about other people than we do 
about ourselves you know so yeah. uh, it is it is it is hard and, and and I don't think we would be good at our job if we were all completely selfish all the time but I think learning to be a bit more selfish and learning to say no learning about not doing what you don't want to do you know I talk to friends I you know I always joke now saying I don't like people well I don't like people you know <laughs> my job and my life but if I chose to go out to a like a a big I don't know, mall or shopping market yeah. or town. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't like people. That's very apparent after the pandemic, I think, for a lot of people. I like yeah. my own space. But, you know, we come from that profession where we're with people all the time and it, you give out so much, there's nothing yeah. left to yourself. And I think we've got to, we've got to get better. We've got to get better. Yeah, we've got, yeah. And, and, some, and uh, one of the issues I think that's quite important as well is just getting that, the knowledge that it's humans working within healthcare as well. I think we're yeah. we're mostly most people in society often see us as you know know it alls. We should know our jobs and yeah, yeah, and, and not fail anyone. But we're just humans on this side yeah. as well. Yeah. You know, I am the same. I am the same physio at eight o'clock that I am at you know three o'clock. That's just yeah how it is. And like you said at the start, we're human beings, aren't we? And I think sometimes we try and portray ourselves as superheroes. And I've definitely felt that, you know, again, you know, three, four, five years into my career, if somebody didn't get better, I was mortified. You know, yeah. you would think, you know, that nothing to do with the fact that, one, they weren't probably ever going to get better, two, there's something else going on, or three, they're not doing what they should be doing. It was yeah. automatically my fault for a good five or six years until somebody higher than me just went, what What are you on about? Like, why, why are you beating yourself up like that? They're just not going to get better, you know? And I think as yeah. soon as you recognize that, you sort of go, oh, actually, there is only so much I can do. You know, and that massively helped me. There is only so much I can do for this athlete or this patient. I can do this, this, and this. Other than that, I'm out. And I do yeah. mentor. I do mentor some people now, and a lot of the time, it is around going. You've done everything you can. You can't do anything else. So, what's the problem? You know, why <laughs> you do? That's it. You know, you need to to draw on. And I yeah, come and across across incredibly wise, but it's taken me one breakdown and lots of thousands of pounds of counselling <laughs> to get there. You know? <laughs> <laughs> the cost of being wise yeah that's that's actually a very very good point that is is like uh, uh, almost like a passing ritual every healthcare professional somehow goes through that, that just this is me i'm one hour tops yeah for this person but it's yeah it's all these other hours going yeah as well we just you know we were pissing the ocean sometimes yeah. and sometimes yeah. that piss is what it takes to change and yeah sometimes yeah. not exactly yeah. that's good but now we're hitting the 50 minute mark gem yes and only promise my brain, me 40. my brain only functions for about 45 minutes yeah you said, you so, said, you uh, said. i only treat three patients a day so uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah, I should only be treating. I shouldn't be treating anyone, to be honest. But that, that's <laughs> what I'm what I'm doing. But again, if I should summarize this talk, I don't know how. I think you just only want to listen to I it. I think um, it's it's about self worth. I guess self worth, recognizing yeah. sort of burnout factors, admitting yeah. that you're a human being as a practitioner, and. Yeah. 
but it's okay to not be very good, you know, and to yeah. be a human. Thank you, thank you, yeah. Get on with your job. And it, yeah. Or it's also uh, almost okay to be shitty, as I am, but, you know, <laughs> that's the thing we do. But again, Jem, thanks so much for coming and talking with me and no, sharing some of your stories. And uh, our reluctant thank you to our mutual friend, Alice Beverly. For <laughs> we'll just call him our mutual friend, shall we? We won't give him any airtime. We'll just yeah. call him our mutual friend. That's true. But would you just show his true colors? Would you uh, please read up the message you got uh, from Mr. Mutual Friend? Before starting our, our mutual friend, just as we went on air, yeah. said, "Tell Christensen I said fuck you tonight." Yeah, it's a good yes. friend, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Good. And then he did say to me, "I hope it goes well, mate." Oh so, fuck! Sake, you know he. <laughs> shit, he was just, you know, when you think he's got quite him, he's, you know, I think we need yeah. to talk about what we talked about before you press record. Is that he's annoyingly really good yeah a nice guy fucking hate him he might be just maybe serial killer you know like uh, oh that would be wonderful that would be perfect it was just like or the guy from fall you know the really you know we're going a bit dark here aren't we but you know he is stupidly nice he's quite annoying yes especially for people like me you you and me that and he's very good and he's very good at his job what's that all about yeah yeah I bet it's a serial killer. Yeah. We need to, we need to, we need to, we'll get him back on and just get him to list all the things he's done wrong ever. Yeah, we should. But I quite <laughs> like the story about he, him getting shit in his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a good story, though. You hold on to that one, do you? Yeah, I do. I, I read it up to myself every night before going to sleep, and I was like, oh, <laughs> yes. At least he experienced that. <laughs> but again, Jem, thank you so much for coming on. You're welcome. It's and, been fun. Uh, bit less swearing that i was hoping for but you've been yeah, nice playing nice in a, in a bad light there so uh, but yeah no so just to round off this episode give us your three top swear words then <gasps> no i can't you see i can't do that i think that, i think come on no, I, my my swear words are more impulsive okay so just yeah yeah what's your goal through then you always, you I'm always going have to a book. Yeah. yeah, okay. Doesn't sound quite as good as you know. Uh-huh. Is it in, in the mid? You know, it needs to be a swear word. Esther has context. You know, like oomph. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you know that we differ in in northern Norway. We differ between swearing and cursing. Oh, I see. <laughs> it's like you can you can say you know, fucking shit and everything like that, and it's swearing and it's cursing that you don't use swear words. But you're kind of swearing like saying it's like a bag of cat piss type I stuff. see. <laughs> yeah. And that would I'm be not, Yeah. But like the Irish if you're we, Irish swearing actually sounds quite cool if you're Irish for example. Yeah. So but, I think uh, I I think I swear a lot in English because I do in my regular vocabulary. That's just <laughs> how I am. And my dad was always yellows us when we were swore as kids and you, he was like don't you fucking swear <laughs> Go to hell, you little shits, dicks! But, but yeah, that's class. But thank you for coming yet no, again. Any t- any time, any time. Yeah, we any should time. do this again. What we actually should do is get Joe Turner with us and yes, 
have an the episode. The one that I had, uh, I did Joe's coaching pro- program yeah. as I started my clinic, and she is phenomenal. And I went from being a very nervous, I can't do this person, to opening my own clinic. And I have yeah. to say it was down to her. Um, yeah. A special lady, very special lady. Yeah, yes. that's one person. That's probably the one on the one and only person. Well, you know, Martin, yeah. she's got she's got a dark side. It's always the oh, price. I know she's a, she's uh yeah. I reckon you get Joe on a wine, she'll uh you know she'll have some yeah. stories. So let's just set up a plan where we get Joe on and yeah. we talk about the real and dark and not dark in you know dark way, but the, the dark and gritty things of going through shit. When yeah. dealing with other people's, yeah, absolutely, sounds like a good plan, and yeah, perfect. Thanks again for having us, and uh, thank, thank you. you for coming. And uh, this has been yet another episode of the Friday Physio Confession Podcast. And thanks, mom, for listening. And uh, have a good night, or morning, or evening, or afternoon. Fuck it, bye.